Hello, welcome to the Soccer Neophytes podcast, special COVID edition this week. Uh, we are going to be hitting on the COVID shutdown. We'll hit on some uh, bold and baseless predictions, talk about our lock-it-ins, and then we'll see you next week. What's good? Welcome to the podcast with me. Only one. There's only one standing survivor right now. <laughs> Tim, how are you, my guy? I'm doing okay, man. I uh, got my COVID booster today, so I'm a little sore, a little achy, but but feeling okay. Well, I'm glad you're here because no one wants to listen to this podcast of me alone. So, <laughs> All right. so the big topic, obviously, COVID is ravaging the sports landscape, not just in the United States, it's ravaging the UK, probably a little bit worse. Um, from everything I've read, seen online, talked to people across the pond, seems like athletes in particular are a lot slower to adapt to getting uh, the vaccine. Obviously, we don't want to get into the politics of the vaccine. Just because you get the vaccine doesn't mean you're not getting COVID. Um, all those things we fully understand, but it does appear that like the vaccination rate, I believe in the EPL is like uh, at like 60% as far oh, as wow. the players go, which is pretty crazy. Uh, when you look at the NFL, uh, it's in the nineties, it's in the high nineties at this point. Um, granted there could be a few Antonio Brown fake vaccination <laughs> card status uploads that uh, we don't know about. Uh, but Tim, what do you think about COVID going through the system right now? Obviously, there's been a ton of games canceled. Nine out of the 20 matches that were supposed to happen over the last seven days got postponed. Uh, how are you feeling about everything? What are your thoughts on what's going on? And ultimately, do you think they need to just shut down the league for a few weeks and then restart it in January? Man, I... Uh... There's so many layers to it, right? Like, obviously, first and foremost is people's health and well-being. We want everyone to be safe. And um, yeah, as you mentioned, like, it is weird that players' vaccination rates are lower than the general public. I think I think there, there are some reasons why. Like, you know, their bodies are what they, uh, how they make their living, right? And so they're going to be really careful. But um and even just, I think like the potential for having side effects for a week. Right. So if you didn't get back, if you didn't get vaccinated over the summer, when you had some time off, like, when are you going to do that and potentially have some side effects? So anyway, so there's that layer, but then of course, it's just like fans in the stands, right? Like that's to me, that's an even bigger thing that I haven't really heard talked about the, the possibility of playing behind closed doors, but keeping the games going with new protocols for the players and stuff. So I'd hate to see that because like the fans make all the difference. Um, but, but obviously people's health needs to be first and foremost. So I think in a lot of ways it does make sense if they just shut it down, try to get this under control, get new protocols in place for the players. But selfishly, I'm just like, man, this is the best time of year for Premier League, you know, boxing yeah. day is like, I know that's a, it's a British tradition, 
and I've taken to it. Like, I love it, you know, waking up the day after Christmas and there's just all of these games on. Um, but so selfishly, I want it to all continue, but it seems like something's probably got to be done because nine out of 20 canceled. And then even games that went on, I mean, Liverpool had, I think, four starters who were out with COVID. Um, so even games that went on were not unaffected by it. So, man, yeah. it's a mess. I don't know. What do you think? It's tough. I, you know, I was kind of chatting with our friend Katie across the pond, just kind of trying to get a little bit of a, a dial in on the situation over there and kind of seeing how, you know, their thinking or their view on it is. And it's tough. I don't, I mean, I don't think that there's a single fan out there that wants a shutdown. I know, I know there's exactly zero people in the United Kingdom who want a lockdown, which is potentially right. coming as well. Right. So uh, it's, it's interesting. Like you have to balance what could be best and beneficial to completing the season with like your fandom and wanting to support your team now. Yeah. So it's like. With it's people, like, with people's lives. You're also right, balancing right. with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think, you know, with, you know, kind of lower mortality rates and things like that yeah. of what we're seeing lately, I think people kind of tend to forget that aspect of it and just think like, oh, well, so many people have got it and then they recover and they're fine. Right. Mm -hmm. Kind of like what you're talking about, you know, athletes' bodies are these fine-tuned machines that like, yeah. <clears throat> being an overweight, white, bald guy sitting on the sideline is never going to fully understand that. So it's easy <laughs> for me to sit here and be like, <clears throat> get the jab, like, protect yourself, get the jab. But, yeah. you know, I can understand it from the standpoint of, like, not knowing what's going into your body, worrying about how it could affect you. Um, you know, they're no dose of medicine is without potential side effects so like sure, i get yeah. all those things that you have to weigh and consider um you know i i always joked before the vaccine came out that you know i put a lot worse in my body so what the heck why would i <laughs> you know and it's it's true for a lot of these athletes too like some of these supplements that these guys take i mean yeah. they have no idea what's in them they're hoping it's okay yeah. um but yeah I, I don't know it's uh the week was kind of weird in that, you know, both Manchester United games were postponed this week. And so I didn't have any, you know, soccer to really dive into for myself and mm -hmm. like feel like I needed to watch or be a part of and, and really cheer on and, and all that. So, um, you know, it was like a slower week and the Tuesday excitement of like the Brentford United game waking up that morning was like, okay, I think they're going to play, you know, and then like an hour into my day, nope, postponed. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's like nobody wants it. It might be what's best. But even I guess my whole thing at the end of the day is that um, even if they lock it down for the next two weeks and just try and get everyone healthy, like we've seen that there's pretty much no chance at any sort of like solidarity in doing what's best or what we think could possibly be best if it potentially like hinders whatever your personal plans are or what you want to do. So yeah. like, even if they lock down, like in the original lockdown, you still had Jack Graylish throwing parties, you know, at his home and near Aston Villa's camp. And 
you know, all the, you know, all these other players having get together. So it's like the lockdown, unless it's taken serious is not going to do anything. And so it's almost like we're at a point where we just need to, like, we've got to start learning how we're going to live with this and how we're going to function and how like these leagues will just need to proceed because Mm -hmm. we have to be honest, this isn't going anywhere. Like we're coming up on two years now. In fact, we're at two years since it first was introduced to the world. Yeah. Um, and like, this is not going anywhere. There's a bunch of different forms of it. The vaccinations are helping with, you know, subsiding, um, you know, effects that how bad it's affecting you and those things, but it's not eradicating it. It's not getting rid of it. So I, it's almost to the point where like maybe these kind of what we saw with the NBA and the NFL this week, where they expanded roster exemptions and mm-hmm. said like, okay, if you have COVID hardships, you can sign guys. It's not going to count against your salary cap. It's not account. It's not going to count against your maximum roster limits. You're not going to have to cut guys to bring new guys in. Um, you know, and maybe that's the route. Some of these teams are going to have to start going where we just say like, okay, I'm sorry that, you know, Mo Salah, Bruno Fernandez, all got COVID. They can't play, but bring up somebody, you know. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. maybe we're at the point where we just have to get used to it and accept it, and just know, hey, if you, you know, if you do, con- you know, if you do contract it, you're not going to be playing, but your team's going to have to figure out how to move on without you. Yeah. Oh, what do you think? Yeah. No, I mean, I I relate to you what you were saying, kind of even like waking up last week and like getting the news. It's just like. I was bracing myself over the weekend, right? Liverpool played on Sunday and there were all the cancellations throughout the week. And then on Saturday, and I was like, this isn't going to happen, is it? You know, and then it <laughs> did, but I was like, I'm going to enjoy this because this might be the last one I watch for a while. So <laughs> right. I hope not, but yeah, you're right. I mean, we've got to, we've got to figure it out, right? We're two years yeah. in, as you said. And, um, and of course, not everybody who's catching it and spreading it are being, as irresponsible as others right like not everybody's throwing crazy parties but um but some are right and then and we're seeing how that spreads so it kind of it kind of makes you think and i know that this was talked about when it first hit two years ago and like you know parents who threw like chicken pox parties (laughs) like if you're a club and one of your let's let's say we're, we're liverpool and let's say Mane and Salah come down with it. Do you pull everyone together and just <laughs> like try and spread it as massively as you can through through your squad and hope that it's dealt with? You miss like a week and a half, two weeks of games that get rescheduled, but then you know your squad more than likely going forward is okay. Like <laughs> how how dumb of a call is that? Or just just forfeit a couple games as your team all recover. <laughs> but I mean the dis- the distinction there is co- chicken pox. Like you get it and you're done, right? right? And COVID. This seems like there are people who are getting it a second time, even if it's not as severe. Um, but yeah, man, it's it's, uh, it's a mess. Yep. All right. Well, let's move on because that's not a fun topic to talk about in extended periods of time. <laughs> um, I'll tell you what, your team actually managed to play both games this week. Uh, my team managed to play zero games this week. So, Tim, <laughs> this is unprecedented. You oh have goodness. the floor completely. I'm not putting a clock on you either. That's a, that's a Nate thing. So uh, give wow. me the Liverpool update 
Let me know how those matches went. What are you seeing out of the boys? How are you feeling going forward? Well, I'll try not to abuse the, uh, the privilege of uh, not having a clock. But, um, yeah, so two matches. Um, one in the midweek was against Newcastle. I think that was Thursday, if I'm remembering right. Um, it was a 3-1 win for Liverpool at Anfield, which is basically, I think, what you would more or less expect for that fixture. Um, but credit to Newcastle. They played pretty well, at least I thought. Uh, Shelby had a really strong goal early on. The kind of a shocker, like, oh, man, we're down to Newcastle at home. Um, there was one really unfortunate incident. There were a couple of Newcastle defenders who went, who kind of collided. I think Konate, our um, defender, like plowed into them, it seemed. And they, the two Newcastle guys that hit each other went down. Uh, one of them, Isaac Hayden, got, it seemed like a head injury. And then play continued um, and Jada actually scored. So obviously I like the goal, but it was really unfortunate to see play continue when you've got someone on the ground with a head injury. So I haven't heard how he's doing. I hope he's doing okay. Um, and then the only other thing to say from that game was Trent Alexander-Arnold's screamer of a goal. Have you seen that one, Chris? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so, so good. Yeah. Um, that's my goal of the week. Spoiler for that later section of the pod. Um, <laughs> so then the other game was Sunday. Again, it was like bracing myself for it to be canceled, but finally it went through. Um, our entire starting midfield was out. So going in, it was kind of like, man, what's this going to be like at Tottenham? Tottenham's one of those weird teams, right? You never know who you're going to get. Um, but to be away against a, a decent team without your starting midfield and without Van Dyke out for COVID and some other reasons, it seems like illness. Um, we knew it would be a test, but, um, I would say it was a, it was a frustrating game and an entertaining game. Um, there were a bunch of momentum shifts and then you, but you've got to talk about the officiating in this one as well. I don't know if you've followed kind of the the debates around it, Chris, or what's happened, but um, obviously Andy Robertson sent off with a red card and I'm okay with that decision. He, he was going for the ball, but swung his leg wildly and just like plowed into the other, <laughs> to the other guy's leg. Um, so I think it's a fair send off, but Kane should have been sent off in the first half. Did you see that one? No, slid, I actually, slid I, in studs up. Yeah. I missed this match completely. So. Yeah. 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 So Kane should have been sent off. I think it's pretty clear that he got away with one. Um, Nate and I talked last week on the pod about like the smaller and mid mid level clubs are all convinced that VAR is biased, you know, against them and towards you and I, Man United and Liverpool. And maybe there's, you know, maybe there's something to that, but this is one of those cases where it was, I guess, two big six clubs and um, a really kind of egregious one that they missed. But um, only other thing I'll say, Allison had a couple of really nice saves after having some really like perplexing performances lately. Um, yeah. There was one to Rob Kane and then another, just got a fingertip on a Deli Alley strike uh, to clear it. They both should have gone in, but um, so good play. So, I mean, it sucks to drop points, um, but it's a long season that it is so i always like to to ask this whenever there's a red card so when that red card for robertson happens 
Yeah. It's like a 77 minute mark. So the game's mostly over, but there's still probably 20 minutes left, 15 minutes left. Yep. If that red card doesn't happen, do you feel like Liverpool scores another to win the game? Or do you feel that the way the match was going, it probably ended how it should have? Yeah, I mean, I think there are those games, right, where you feel like, oh, we're going to score any second. We're going to score any second. Or we're going to, you know, close this one off. This game didn't feel that way to me. It felt it felt way too just – it was exciting and fast-paced and anything could happen. So. I think Liverpool could have easily scored or Tottenham could have scored. So um, at the end, I think, I think it was Joe Gomez came on to replace Mane maybe. So a defender coming on to replace a striker. Yeah. So you can tell Klopp was like, yep, we'll take a point in this situation. You know, now that we're down to 10 men, uh, we'll take a point here. So, um, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it could have, I'm sure it could have ended better, but it also could have ended worse. So we'll take a point. Yeah. Well, cool. Uh, we'll hit on a couple of their kind of important games that happened over this past week. I think a couple themes that kind of ran through um, Leeds United is in pretty big trouble at this point. Um, yeah. There's still a lot of season left to play and granted they played Man City and Arsenal this week, but to give up 11 goals in two matches and score one is not <laughs> it's not a great thing yeah no it's really not yeah so they gave up seven to man city in the week four to arsenal on the weekend um i think we're gonna touch a little bit on potential manager sackings later uh but things are not going well for bielsa and crew there at leeds so Shout out to our boy Kyle. We're we're always pulling for you, man. But your team's gonna turn it on. Um, yeah, it's been it's been so disappointing. I mean, that they were such a fun team last season. It felt like oh, they're gonna take bigger strides this year. Bielsa, man, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I I think I had him in my top six in my predictions. Yeah. Prediction, so uh, maybe it's my fault. I apologize, Leeds City fans. That, that's <laughs> on me. Uh, the other thing I think is, is probably the bigger story out of this week was that Chelsea dropped a lot of points this week. They had a 1-1 draw at home against Everton and then a nil-nil draw against Wolves yesterday. So the, the world beaters that Chelsea appeared to be three weeks ago, um, they do not appear to be that team right now. <laughs> so um their defense still holding up strong still playing very well which was the case when Tuchel came over I think it's been almost a year now or it is a year we're somewhere right around the year mark for when he was hired um you know when he came in last year it was all about the defense and they were winning games 1-0 drawing games 1-1 they came out on fire this year scoring a lot of a lot of goals but that has slowed very recently and so uh, Tim, I don't know if you caught either of those Chelsea matches. Uh, if Nate were alive, obviously we'd give him 90 seconds to talk about Wolves, but... I mean, we should clarify, Nate is alive. Okay, yeah, I'm He's sorry. just not on the pod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, if you're not on the pod, you're dead. So, <laughs> you're dead. No, yeah, I was... I saw a little bit of the of the Wolves one, probably the last, like, 30 minutes or so of it. Um, so I didn't really see enough to 
to really say anything intelligent, but I was just looking up their goal scores. Cause that, I mean, that's the thing, right? They're still playing really good defense, which we know yeah. is what Chelsea does. So I just thought Mason Mount has seven goals, which actually surprises me. That's a pretty good number. Yeah. Um, but then you've got, you know, Jorginho, Reese James with four, but like Lukaku, man, I picked him in our preseason predictions. I picked him. I was like, bold prediction. Lukaku's coming in his second go around in the Premier League. He's going to lead the league in scoring and he scored three goals so far. And I think um, those three came pretty early. Pretty early. Um, yeah. He's also yep. not really getting a lot of playing time at this point. He's coming in as like an 85th minute replacement. It's kind of bizarre, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's what Chelsea needs to figure out is who's going to score the goals for them. Yeah. Yeah. So we will see how they pick up, you know, they're obviously still sitting very high on the table. Um, They've dropped out of first and now they've dropped out of second. So they're sitting in third right now, just three points behind Liverpool. Um, City is being city again, obviously. They scored the seven against Leeds and then four against Newcastle. So it was a pretty easy week for them. They played two of the bottom four teams, uh, but they look good playing two of those bottom four teams. Yeah, they're back on top of the table with by three points. Now level with Liverpool on goal difference. They've really caught up in that regard. They were behind quite a bit. But yeah, it's it, it's feeling like City all over again, right? Yeah. And this is kind of what they did last year. Yeah. You know, like, you know, United was at the top of the table for a while heading into the new year. And then City went on that just ridiculous, like, 20-game win streak. Not even unbeaten. <laughs> they, yeah. they, they, like, won 20 straight games. And it's insane. And that coincided with Liverpool completely falling apart. It was this time last year. Do you remember that? Yeah. They went yeah. from playing, like, from playing, like, title – challenging or title defending football just tanked they were losing stupid games at home and uh obviously came back to the finish uh, third but like yeah it was like exactly the same time i remember city was just like oh we got this and liverpool totally forgot how to play yeah it was crazy and that was also when i made my comeback in our <laughs> lock it in because i just <laughs> said you know what this is ridiculous i'm just gonna ride the city bus for a while <laughs> 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 might as well it's working yeah. for you all right so that kind of wraps up what actually happened during the matches that were played again only 11 of the 20 actually got played this week so uh praying for health for everybody yep. you know stay safe get healthy everybody um obviously we want to see everyone on the pitch don't wish any of this on any of your your uh worst enemies or worst teams that you hate um just stay healthy. Not even, not even Man United. I know. You can't even do it to them. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to see. Nobody wants it. Bruno Fernandez with COVID. No, we really don't. All right. Well, we are going to jump into a little segment that I've titled <laughs> "The Bold and the Baseless." Yes. Uh, we're going to hit on a couple of different topics, Tim. Um, I think since we've already kind of touched on it a little bit with Bielsa, we are going to preface this with. These are kind of our bold predictions, and they're completely baseless. So do not quote us on this. Actually, no, quote us on it. Who cares? Put us on the Twitter sphere. 
uh tweet at us tag help. us follow yes. us exactly. tell all your friends to follow us yes these are actually now that i'm thinking about it, these are confirmed <laughs> actions that will happen sources uh, say sources say and remember anytime soccer neophytes podcast has gone there it's actually happened so <laughs> we've already kind of touched on it with leads and their poor play but i'm not a hundred percent sold that leads would ever fire bielsa um i believe with his ability or his kind of thought process of how he goes year by year every year uh i think it's much 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 more likely that bielsa rides out this season and just doesn't come back next year mm -hmm. um, regardless of how they finish even if they stay out of relegation uh but our first bold and baseless prediction tim who do you think is the next manager sacked Oh my goodness. Let me think through this a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. So I know, so obviously Bielsa is really struggling. Benitez has not taken off at Everton, but I feel like, I think what you just said about Bielsa is right. Right. That like he goes a year at a time. They have, I think they have much more invested in him than he would in Leeds long term so I don't see that one and I don't see Rafa getting getting sacked by Everton because like who's gonna come and take that job you know yeah. what I mean like who's gonna come and take that if he can't make it work I'm I feel like it'll be Norwich's manager what's his name that the what's his name though they just got a new manager did they yeah did I miss that yeah, it was about a month ago. Okay. Oh yeah, Daniel Daniel Fark. Yeah, is he so gone? He got replaced by Eddie Howe. Okay. Yeah, Eddie Howe won't be. Oh no, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Eddie Howe is at Newcastle. Is the new Newcastle? Right. Yeah, he's at Newcastle. Sorry. Um, um. Man, I'm totally blank. Hang on. It is. Uh, Dude, we're oh, such neophytes. No, it's Dean Smith. Dean oh, Smith. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it won't be him. I don't know. Who do you think? Man. Um, <laughs> here's the hard part. It's like, I agree with what you just said as well. So I already don't think Bielsa is going anywhere. I think uh, we've seen a lot of turnover already. Um, what if, what if nobody gets sacked before the end of the year well, because I mean, all the sackings have already happened well that right because i mean i'm looking at the table that's what i'm doing right now rather than looking at managers i'm looking at the table and it's like okay you got the teams in relegation those are who you look at like no team wants to drop down so some last ditch effort to get us a little boost to get up out of there norwich is definitely way underperforming what we what we thought they would do right Newcastle too, right? They have all this incentive now to stay up. But that you look at like these other clubs, like besides Everton and Leeds are those two really underperforming clubs. Who who else say in the bottom half of the table is drastically under underperforming where they would expect to be? You know what I mean? Yeah, I would say I And mean, I don't know that there are any we kind of have to make a prediction just because this is the bold and the baseless. So um, I'm just going to say Sean Dyke at Burnley is the next manager sacked. Okay. All right. 
And I'm going to say, let's see, I'm going to say Eddie Howe is just going to be out the door really fast again at Newcastle. Because <laughs> they're going to panic. They're going to bring in some world-class manager. Yeah, the new, the new billionaire owners, billionaire <laughs> owners, whoever they are. Totally baseless. Hey. But I don't know if that's bold, but totally baseless at least. I got that part right. All right, so we'll take it. We're going to move on. The January transfer window is almost here. And there is nothing I enjoy more than bold and baseless transfer predictions. So, Tim, I don't know if you want to focus on just Liverpool or if you've got a prediction from around the league that we need to hear. Uh, give me your at least one bold and completely baseless January transfer window prediction. I've got one and it is Liverpool related. Okay. So, and so it is, it is currently baseless, but I will say this is a player who has been linked to Liverpool in the past. Um, and there's a connection between the club he plays for and Jurgen Klopp. So I'm going to say Erling Holland is not moving next summer to Real Madrid, but Erling Holland is coming here in January coming here. I don't mean here. <laughs> coming to, coming to, I'm not I'm not in Liverpool at the moment coming to Liverpool in January um yeah the prevailing wisdom is he'll transfer in the summer and that he won't go to Liverpool um and his agent recently named a few clubs that that they're talking to or interested in or are considering offers from and Liverpool's Ooh. not on that list Ooh, who was on the list oh man who was it so it's Real Madrid Barcelona Man City or Bayern Hmm. Those are the ones that his agent um, has confirmed as main candidates to sign his client. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I did not hear Premier League team in that list. Man City was in there. Oh, you did say City. Yeah, okay. yeah. So Real Madrid and Barcelona in Spain, City, and then Bayern. Gotcha. I can't see Bayern. Like, if you're Dortmund why would you send it to like your biggest rival or the club that is always there against you? Yeah. But I feel like that happens in Germany for some reason. I'm trying yeah. to think who, who it is. I feel like that isn't unprecedented and for some reason it. in Germany. I mean, Bayern always just rises to the top. Like, I want to say, where did Lewandowski, where did he play before he went to Bayern? He, uh, yeah, he played at Dortmund. That's who I'm thinking of. Okay. He played five years at Dortmund, 131 appearances, scored 74 goals, and then came over to, to Bayern and has just done insane things. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I was thinking of. So it's not unprecedented. Okay. They're just like, do Haas, give me money. That's right. All right. How about you? What's your bold and baseless prediction? Yeah, I uh, my bold and baseless prediction is, is – it centers on Manchester United. Um, maybe not that bold. I think Anthony Martial is transferred out during this window. Maybe more bold and more baseless. Love it. I think Anthony Martial and Paul Pogba Ooh. are both transferred out in this window. All right. Tell, tell me why. Well, I feel like the writing's on the wall for Pogba. So that's actually probably less of a bold prediction than Martial. 
Um, Pogba's contract is over in June. So naturally, you don't want to lose a player for nothing. Yep. He has, there has been an open contract offer to him for the last year and a half to which he and his agent have not responded yay or nay to. Yikes. Which essentially means nay. Have they asked um, him if he's checked his spam folder <laughs> just to yeah, make sure think, like they, they're aware of it? Right. Um, <laughs> I think that I think the writing's on the wall there. Uh, yeah. One of the things that uh, Ralphie has done since he came over is he has told players, if you're injured, that's fine, but you're going to rehab at our facilities. Mm. So Pogba has been rehabbing in Dubai since his injury and is apparently maybe not happy about his recent uh, notification that he now needed to rehab at United's facilities. Uh So I think there could be potentially bad blood there. You know, anytime a new guy comes in, supposedly Pogba loved Ole. Supposedly all the players loved Ole. Um, Apparently they just didn't love playing for Ole, (laughs) if that makes any sense. Um, so anyway, so I think the writing's on the wall that Pogba is probably going to go, um, makes, you got to get something for him. I don't think the transfer fee is going to be massive, large by any means. Uh, I think the most likely destination is like a Real Madrid. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes. The Martial one, I haven't really heard any sort of, uh, united rumblings on it i know that his agent came out uh, uh, i think it was last week and was like we want to be transferred um i think that could be another one where you just need to cut bait like it's not working for him uh united fans have turned on him i was never a fan of his i think he's a super lazy player i think he's got all the talent in the world but he just doesn't try he doesn't hustle um, he has to have the ball fed to him to score. Can't create mm. his own shot at this point. So I think a lot of United fans have just turned on him and are ready for him to move on. And he's not getting any playing time. He's one of the highest paid yeah. players on the club. I think you just got to cut bait and take what you can get for him. Maybe send him to France, his home. Maybe PSG wants a, an attacker that they can kind of pull it off the bench. I don't know. Um, but I just think those two moves make the most sense. And then I think yeah. what you see United do is use whatever money they do get to try and, and bring in a midfielder. Mm. Um, their midfield is their weakest spot at this point. Um, we've made fun of Fred enough on this podcast. McTominay <laughs> uh, is only slightly better than Fred, and those are your, your main mid- midfielders. So Ralph's identified the midfield as the major area of weakness and most needing an upgrade. So I can see them sending Pogba out, Marshall out, and bringing in a midfielder to kind of elevate their game. Well, that makes sense because, I mean, even correct me if I'm wrong, but over in the summer transfer window, there was so much hype about United's moves. uh, But bringing in uh, Jaden Sancho up front, bringing in Varane on, on defense. Yep. But they didn't bring in a big midfielder, did they? No, there was a lot I of think even, even then there was concern about their midfield depth. Right. Uh, yeah, and there was a lot of rumors on Declan Rice. He was the oh, yeah, yeah. 
midfielder that everyone was looking at. I think um, it, they, I, his club put, I think, a $100 million price tag on him. Wow. And everyone was like, yeah, no. So uh, it'll be interesting to see if that price tag's changed at all. He hasn't had the best of seasons this year. Yeah, he's played, he's played. Declan Rice has played a lot better over the last few weeks, um, but he is not all world like he was at this point last year. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they'll look to do in the midfield. It's it's always interesting because it's like Ole had his guys that he just loved. Like you knew the style of player yeah. that Ole wanted, and I have no idea the style of player that Ralph would want. Right. So it's just going to be interesting to see what happens. Hopefully, he knows. I hope he knows as well. So, all right. Well, there's our bold and baseless January transfer window, January window. Uh, for those of you following, the transfer window opens January 1st. It closes 11 p.m. UK time on January 31st. So literally the January, the month of January, you can make moves. Uh, it's pretty rare that a big name moves in this window. It's usually like, bringing in kind of i guess you could say fringe guys that really are just kind of like shoring up you know the smaller holes on teams it's pretty rare that someone of notability actually gets moved in january which is why erling holland is bold and baseless a hundred percent both of those things i like it so all right tim let's move on um we are gonna hit our lock it in picks now because we are not wasting time on this COVID especial podcast. <laughs> We're going to jump right in to our picks, and then we are going to close this out. Um, so looking at the last few weeks, we had two matches last week. Some games didn't get it played. So uh, Nate is still the leader in the clubhouse. He actually had two games <laughs> not played. So Nate went undefeated last week. Good job, Nate. Um, I had City over Leeds, which was a winner, and I had Liverpool over Tottenham, which was a draw, so I went one and one. My record is now eight and nine. Um, Tim, you had Chelsea over Everton, which did not work out, and then you had United over um, Brighton, which didn't get played. <clears throat> so you went 0-1 last week, bringing your record to 11-5. and yep. And our main man, Kemi, who we miss, we love. Kemi, we know you're good. You're doing your thing right now with a new baby. So keep it up, brother. We love you. We miss you. Um, you went 0 for 2, taking West Ham over Arsenal and Wolves over Chelsea. Kemi's at 5 and 12 on the season at this point. So uh, since Nate's not here, he's the leader in the clubhouse. Uh, Nate took West Ham over Southampton. Tim, who are you taking? I'm taking City over Leicester. Good call. I looked at that. Like I said, that ride the city bus, it got me pretty far last year. So I don't blame you for that one. Um, I'm taking your boys, your Liverpool uh, Reds over, uh, they play Leeds. It is a combination of Liverpool's playing well, like they have all season, but Leeds playing so poorly. So that is my pick to hopefully get me back to 500. Um, Looking forward to this coming week, the matches that are to be played, hopefully, fingers crossed, um, because of, of Christmas and everything, it's kind of a weird week. Games start Sunday and they roll through Monday. Um, Tim, what do you have you looked at the schedule? You got any games that stick out to you? 
I've got it in front of me. Yeah, it, it's an interesting week. I mean, I think Villa and Chelsea might be the the most interesting one. Yeah, that's what um, I'm as well. Yeah, Villa's doing well, and Chelsea, you know, as you as you said, have been dropping points, but are still right up there. Um, and it's at Villa, so I think that'll be an interesting one. Yeah, I think the other one is you're locking in. I think City versus Leicester. Um, you know, I know Leicester has not had the best form this season. Um, I think that might be putting it pretty nicely for them for how they've been. They're starting to pick it up a little bit. They're still yeah. so hit and miss. Um, so they're sitting middle of the table in ninth right now. That's But City Leicester always feels like it has a pretty big, uh, you know, meaning to it. So yeah. Still look it at should that be a game. fun one to watch. Yeah, everything else kind of on the schedule is either like the lows playing the lows or the highs playing the lows. Yeah. So there weren't like too many games that like stuck out as like, oh, you need to watch this one. Yeah. All right, Tim. Well, with that said, you got any final thoughts? Anything you want to throw out there? I got nothing, man. I'm I'm done. I'm all talked out. Yeah. Well, again, thank you for being here, my friend. Uh, it was great to have this one-on-one time with you. Uh, to Nate, enjoy Disneyland. Enjoy your family. Have fun. We will catch you next week. Uh, Kemi, like I said, hang in there, bro. We love you. Enjoy that little baby of yours. Take care of the family. Uh, but with that being said, I got nothing. So Glazers out, Tim. Glazers out. <laughs>